Hi guys, Paul from the Innovation Community here. Today, I'm with Ron Glickman, who is the Chief Information Officer at Trader Joe's. Great to have you with us. Hi, Paul. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. To start with, just tell us a bit about yourself in a few words. In a few words. All right. Well, first of all, I've been married 35 years. I have two kids and a grandchild, so family's really important to me. Uh, from a career point of view, I've spent my entire career leading what I would call transformational change programs, all in supply chain and retail-oriented contexts, both in the U.S. and outside the U.S., also uh, small companies and large companies. I've taken a lot of the best lessons that I've learned and uh, turned them into a leadership course that I teach at, at Cal State University, Los Angeles, uh, here in LA. And so that's been a fun way for me to kind of take a lot of the lessons that I've learned and share them back with the community. So I'm in family, career, teaching. Those are the three things that uh, keep me busy. So where did your career start? I uh, started out in uh, retail. I worked at The Gap, which is a you know, retail clothing brand, very, very early days. I uh, wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Uh, got into a management training program with them, really, really enjoyed that, and um, decided to uh, pursue my college education in the evening. At the time, uh, mainframe computing was just coming in vogue. My school had an IT program. I took an aptitude test given by IBM. I passed by one point, and so I became an IT major within a business, uh, a business college curriculum. And how has that changed over time? Oh, my goodness. So um, coming out of college, my first job in technology was with electronic data systems, uh, where I went through their engineering uh, systems engineer development program, and I was very, very focused on coding. Um, and throughout my career, I've sort of moved from uh, heavy tech building applications to enable business processes to really leading technology organizations and helping uh, the technologists build applications and services to serve businesses. So uh, little by little, I moved away from programming and you know, there were some important lessons to learn there. I had to learn to get excited about what other people do as a leader versus getting excited about what I did as a programmer because that instant gratification is super exciting when you're in tech and it's, it's sometimes difficult to make that transition. So what are you up to in your current role? So as the CIO of Trader Joe's, uh, we're a private company, uh, nationally based. We're a national chain of neighborhood specialty grocery stores. And my job is to uh, deliver technology services to help the business achieve their, their business vision. We're not super high tech, but we move a lot of product. We serve a lot of customers and all of our systems need to work all the time. And so we're highly focused on eliminating single points of failure, constantly getting a little bit better every day and making sure that even if something breaks from a tech point of view, the service that it's enabling is always available for our customers and our crew in the stores. So what really interests you about working in IT? You've been doing it for quite some time, so hopefully you're enjoying it. Yeah, I really enjoy it. I mean, I sort of see myself at this stage of my career as a synthesizer and a translator. So, I, you know, I can speak the technology language. I really like the potential tech has to make businesses better, but in a business context, 
And uh, as you know, and your community knows, technology people are very, very opinionated. So the role of the CIO, in, in my view, is to really take all those diverse perspectives, many of which can be right depending on the circumstances, synthesize those into a set of choices that the business can make on how they want to invest in technology, present those implications um, and options, and get a decision to stick and make things happen so that it's easier for uh, our brand to serve our customers. That, that's really what it's about. So it's synthesizing this information and then telling stories and selling options and implications uh, to make positive things happen. It's not about the newest technology or the most trendy thing uh, that, that a product vendor or a consultancy might be, might be selling at the time. So what are some of the major successes you have achieved over your career? I think getting this far is probably the biggest success. You know, CIO stands for career is over and you never really know when your your last day will be. Um, But for me, I would say my biggest success and what I'm most proud of is developing uh, a generation of leaders. I really like working with people who are high potential, who like to learn in action and assigning them to work projects where they can learn by doing and actually see potential that they might not have seen in themselves and grow into more responsible roles, either in the company that I'm working in or outside that company as they move to seek a greater opportunity. So uh, working with people and developing them is, is a huge thing for me. And there's a whole bunch of folks out there who, you know, I've worked with and uh, we get together now and then and tell war stories. And that's, that's super fun. Um, Secondarily, I would say um, that when I was at the duty-free shops as the CIO after 9-11, our sales dropped almost in half overnight. And as a leadership team, we were in a position where we had to take out a significant amount of cost while maintaining service to stay in business. And that was really where I got to think about transformational change, how to use global sourcing to take out costs and improve productivity and quality. And we actually led a major transition that was an award-winning uh, case study. And we were able to take out a significant amount of cost, improve service, keep the business going. And that was a great learning experience and something that um, I'm really proud of. I would say one more thing, the company I worked with before Trader Joe's, uh, I worked for an owner of a supply chain company who purchased 50 businesses in 69 countries. And my, my task was to take those 50 business IT units and create an enterprise technology group for the globe. Uh, that was significantly challenging, a lot of fun, and uh, uh, had, a lot, had a good time getting that done and, and working with an amazing group of people in a lot of different places in the world. So I'm, I'm proud of that too. As you should be. Can you tell us about a time you effectively changed in a major organization and the challenges that really came with that? Yeah, I mean, I think that that last company that I mentioned is probably a really good one. So, you know, when you buy 50 businesses in 69 countries, you have CEOs who feel very strongly about the way they do things. They don't necessarily want to be told what to do or how to do it, especially from a technology point of view. So, Driving change at that scale really meant that um, a lots of conversations had to go on about what was important people to people, how they measured success, and how we could um, get a common way of doing things to be embraced by people in 50 different contexts and 69 different countries. And, you know, I learned that you have to be patient. Uh, 
um, that the reward system is what drives people's behavior. So if we wanted to make an investment in technology that might impact a payout for an acquisition or uh, a bonus that was paid based on profitability, we need, I needed to work with the CFO to find a different way of measuring how that investment that was good for the common organization uh, would not negatively impact an individual in one company so that they could embrace that change and, and, and uh, move towards the ultimate strategy we had, which was to create one way of doing things for all these companies around the world. So that was an important lesson. The second is that you know, technology can be a religious argument from time to time. There's always multiple right answers, and it's really important to pick the one that fits best for the situation that you're working in, get people behind that. And uh, I like to say you can disagree, but you have to com commit. You know, everybody has a point of view. We want to hear diverse perspectives, but at some point in time, we need to make a decision and you can disagree and commit, agree and commit, or if you disagree and you don't want to be on the journey, then we might have to help you find some place where you'll be happier working. That's a really unique perspective uh, about looking at it from a, a religious view. I really like that. How are you currently leveraging technology to your advantage and, and what effects do you think technology will have over the next few years? Oh my goodness. Um, you know, we're, as I said, we're not a super high tech company. So we're using technology to uh, make it easier for people in our stores to do their work so that they don't have to do a lot of mundane or bureaucratic tasks and they can spend as much time as possible with our customers and, and product. So, you know, uh, we're, we're moving from paper to digitization in cases where it makes sense. Um, so, so that's the main, the main thing that we're doing within in the Trader Joe's context. You know, more broadly, what I worry about these days is kind of the impact of the internet, if you will, on society in general. I mean, uh, it's relatively new. And, and now when you think about all of the information that people are consuming, some of it's fact-based, some of it's not fact-based, I wonder at some point in time if some type of regulation is not gonna be important to try to bring some clarity to what is being published, if you will, much like what happened in television and radio in the early days. I, I really think that, um, you know, that, that the internet is a profound uh, opportunity, but it also has some very kind of dark possibilities that, that as a society we need to think about and um, potentially control in a different way. Makes, makes sense. How would you describe your, your own leadership style? If you had to, I would, I would say my leadership style is situational. I, I really like Ken Blanchard's situational leadership model. And, and that is really where the leader has to take into account the maturity of the follower or the subordinate or the individual that you're leading. So if, if they have the capacity to learn in action, to take accountability uh, for their mistakes and learn from them, I'm going to be very empowering, very supportive, and put that person in a situation that is super challenging where they can learn by doing. If on the other hand, somebody is uncomfortable with change, uh, less certain about the things that they're doing, uh, I'm gonna be more directive. Put them in a relatively narrow role where I feel they can be successful, where they feel comfortable uh, with the right amount of degrees of freedom and allow them to make their contribution in, in, in the best way possible. So, you know, I try to deal with the individuals that I'm working with, understand their strengths, 
their opportunities for improvement and put them in situations where they can grow at a pace that suits them and, and, and makes them comfortable. And it's not the same uh, for every individual. Yeah, a, a customized approach, that's, a, that's a, a good way of putting it. Uh, where do you see the biggest opportunity for improvement within your own organization? You know, the organization as a brand is extremely um, well-managed. I think our strategy is super focused. For us, from a tech point of view, we just, uh, number one, have to continually work on our cybersecurity stance. That world is evolving all of the time, especially when you think about people working from home in the COVID context. We've had to uh, adapt our cybersecurity strategy to make it as safe for people to work from home uh, connected via the internet or a Wi-Fi network as it is working in an office where you're connected uh, through a private network. So cybersecurity is always going to be front and center. It's a quiet thing that we do, but it's something that, that we really stay on top of. Uh, the network is the core of our infrastructure. We need to make sure that, you know, as the business strategy evolves and unfolds, if they want to do things uh, slightly differently, uh, from a sales point of view, an ordering point of view, we need to be ready to respond to that change in thinking and not react to that change in thinking. Just because a business isn't doing something a certain way today, from a tech point of view, uh, we want to align with that current business strategy, but create options uh, for pretty rapid adjustments if and when uh, that strategy changes. So we spend a lot of time uh, thinking about every investment we make in IT and, and how to make it uh, serve the need today uh, cost effectively, but then also be flexible enough to adapt without a lot of investment and time required to, to align with the business. So I think agility is really an important thing uh, to think through uh, as we look at our investments in IT. What do you think was the biggest mistake you made during your career? That would take an entire podcast, Paul, but I would say um, if I had to categorize them, uh, people mistakes were probably at the top of the list upon reflection. And, and, and what I mean by that is either overestimating somebody's ability to take on risk and accountability and putting them in a role that was too big or underestimating somebody's potential and putting them in a role that was too small and, you know, potentially boredom got in disengagement or somebody might, might want to leave. So, you know, I, those are things that I think a lot about, positioning people, finding their purpose, getting them in the right place. I think from a leadership point of view, taking things literally relative to a direction that one might get without actually seeking people's input on what they think a direction means and what the implications are to the individuals who are going to be either impacted by a change journey or participating on a change journey. So I would say I've, I've, I've often early in my career kind of missed the mark on what I thought uh, the mission was as I was evaluating things that we needed to do. And, and I would say the third is early in my career, um, duty-free shops is a great example. We went through this transition. We run a case study award for the transition that we uh, led the company through. We took 50% of our operating expenses out. And about a year later after 9-11, the bird flu came and we needed to take another, you know, five or six million dollars out of our expenses. And when I got that message from the CEO, I just froze because I felt like we had done so much 
And now we were asking to do more. And at the moment, I didn't have any idea how we would accomplish that. So I, I sort of panicked and, and, to be honest, ended up looking for something else to do. What I would say today would be, okay, there are ways that we can handle that seemingly impossible request. What we need to do is come up with options for achieving that, implications for each option, and have a conversation, a dialogue with the business folks who are asking for that, uh, that change and involve them in the process of picking something that they can be comfortable with, that we feel confident that we can uh, deliver on. So I would say, you know, it was a big mistake early in my career to think that there was only one answer to a solution and that I needed to figure it out myself rather than working in a collaborative way with the people who I worked for and the people who I worked with. Brilliant. Uh, I guess a big question right now, actually today uh, at the time of recording, Pfizer have come up with a, a what looks to be a pretty solid vaccine. Um, how has COVID-19 affected your role and organization? Listen, it affected everybody all over the world. As you know, um, for us, we are a people-oriented business. We do a lot of collaboration in our office, tasting products, um, working with one another on innovative uh, new things we can bring to our customers, figuring out after COVID how to move people to a remote uh, working situation and still enable that collaboration was um, you know, a really tricky thing to do. And I think that uh, that the group has, has managed that really well. I, I saw a great quote that said, you know, we've changed from working from home to living at work. And I think that that's so like relevant to this, this COVID-19 thing. So I think we're going to have to figure out, you know, when there's a vaccine, how to bring people uh, back to the office safely. I think our crews in the stores have done an amazing job taking care of themselves, taking care of our customers. But, you know, make no mistake about it, it's, it's had an impact. Um, what I appreciate about our organization is we stayed true to our strategy. Uh, our brand is in the stores. That's where we took our stand to make things safe and comfortable rather than looking at other ways of uh, operating our business. And, and I really appreciate that about the leadership team uh, at my organization. They stay focused, and uh, that allows us to be very clear on what we should be doing and, and what we shouldn't be doing. What's your top working from home tip? That's a good one. I mean, I think you have to be uh, clear on your status. So, you know, if you're a Zoomer and you have a status and your status says you're available, you need to be available in case somebody, you know, wants to uh, call in. Like for me, when I hear positive things that people on my crew are doing, I'm going to Zoom them and just to say hello and to say thank you to try to maintain that level of engagement. So, you know, if you're not going to be at your, at your PC available to take that call, just like you're not going to be in your cube or your office if somebody pops by, I think you need to be clear about your status so folks know, uh, you know, whether you're available or not. Um, I think it's important to just take care of your health, get your exercise even more so today, um, and proactively make an effort to engage with people, maybe via Zoom or Teams, but not necessarily in a work context. Try to maintain uh, that social connection to the greatest extent possible. It's really tough to do. But um, I think it's super important that, uh, at, at this stage of the game. What does your routine look like, just talking about exercise? So I am, I'm still a runner. Uh, I try to do that at launch. I've got an a Australian shepherd who needs a lot of exercise, and we try to get out uh, 11, 30, 12 o'clock our time every day for 
you know, three, four mile run, um, take a break, take a shower and, you know, have a bite to eat and get back to work. So, you know, that's the most important thing from an exercise point of view that in the middle of the day, whatever that turns out to be, I get away from my machine outside into the fresh air. Living in California gives me a lot of flexibility that way. Uh, I get up early. I'm a morning person. I like to have some time on my own. Um, I do a lot of writing and uh, I find that the morning hours are the best time uh, to do that or to prepare uh, a lesson plan for a class that I'm teaching. Uh, and then the evening, you just have to shut it off and, uh, you know, check in with family and friends and try to have the best life possible in the current situation. Yeah, it must be pretty difficult going out for a run in California. I can imagine. <laughs> What's the best piece? When the fires <laughs> are burning and there's a lot of smoke, it could be tricky, Oh, yeah, there but, you go. <laughs> you know, I'm not complaining, sir. Yeah. What's the best piece of advice you ever received? The best piece of advice I ever received was as a leader to focus on the outcomes and get crystal clear about the outcomes you expect from your team, get them to commit to those outcomes, even if they disagree, and then allow the people who are doing the work to choose the best path to deliver on that outcome, even if it's not the way that you would do it. And, and in doing that, it gives people, they feel empowered. They feel a higher level of involvement and commitment. And if it's their idea to get to a common outcome, they're going to be more passionate about it than if I as a leader say, no, I want you to do it my way. It just gives people an opportunity to say, well, it didn't work out and I did it your way. Therefore, it's, uh, it's on you rather than on me. So focusing on outcomes, letting passionate people pick the best path to that outcome as long as it's within your, your values and your guidelines was, was one of the most important pieces of advice I ever got. I think the second is that um, to pick your boss, not necessarily the brand or the company, pick somebody who will trust you, who will see you for your potential and assign opportunities for you to grow in that role. There, there's no substitute for that. You could be in the best company in the world. And if your boss has um, got an ego or is, is going to get in the way of your personal growth or allowing you to make your maximum contribution, you know, that's a challenge. What are you curious about right now? As I mentioned a little bit earlier, I'm, I'm curious about the impact on the internet in so many different things. I mean, we just went through an election in the United States here. There was just so much misinformation um, that, you know, people could consume. And I, I don't know how people are taking that in and the decisions that they're making. But I, I think that uh, I'm curious about how that's all going to work out. Um, I'm curious about how we return to some sense of normal and what that looks like when there is a vaccine for COVID. How do we stay safe? How do we stay productive? I love the fact that we're not uh, polluting the planet to the extent we did with all of our commuting, especially here in California. So I'm curious to know, will we go back to work every single day in that office environment? Will we try now that we know we can be productive and successful away from the office to find a balance that suits the company, obviously the people who work there, but maybe at a macro level uh, makes a positive impact uh, on a planet in, in ways that, you know, we, we hadn't thought about. So, you know, I'm kind of curious about, about things like that. Who's your favorite thought leader or author, whether that's in IT or, or business or wider? Today, my favorite thought leader is Brene Brown. Uh, she uh, is a researcher uh, on shame 
and uh, has amazing videos and podcasts around uh, how to be a leader. Uh, and I, I would say from your whole heart, realizing your own potential, how to be uh, strong, but uh, vulnerable. And so I just really love her work. And at this stage of my life, I, I really am paying a lot of attention to, uh, to what she's saying and what she's writing. It just really resonates for me. And, and I believe that the most important thing a leader can do is have self-awareness, understand their emotions, their feelings, how to deal with them, how to manage their relationships effectively, how to read a room, how to talk to people, how to get input and, and manage conflict in a way that is constructive and moves the group forward. And so, you know, those are the kinds of things that, um, that, that I really am, am, am thinking about these days. It's way more relational and way more people-oriented than it is technological or, you know, tech enabling. I think the tech will, will work for itself if we get the right outcomes in place and the right people aligned to deliver on those outcomes. Makes sense. What is your favorite quote? So I have a few of those. I mean, I would say the one that I use most frequently is by Einstein. And, and he said that no problem can be solved from the consciousness that created it. We need to see the world anew. And, you know, what that means to me is if we've been doing things the same way all of the time, we need to take a step back and allow others to bring a point of view on how we might make things better or, or improve them. So, you know, that's something that, that sticks with me. Um, Mark Twain said the uh, two most important days of your life are the day you're born and the day you figure out why. And I think purpose is so important for leaders to help people understand like why are you doing this how do you fit into the bigger picture and so you know that that quote um really gets me thinking too so you know those are two that i that i think about pretty regularly and finally what advice would you give for aspiring leaders in it i think if you want to be a leader in IT, there's kind of two categories. The first is, are you going to be purely a technologist and do you want to work in a technology-oriented company so that your career path is technology-based, so that you're always doing the newest things and you're out there on the leading edge? And you need to understand that relatively early so that you can get yourself into an organization or a brand or a product company that will enable you to achieve that objective. If you're a technologist that likes technology but want to um, enable a business strategy, that's a, that's a different kind of, of career path. So I would say that's one thing to think about. The second is pick your boss, as I uh, talked about earlier. I think that, that's really important. And then you really need to be self-reflective and learn by doing. We all make mistakes. You have to learn to get over feeling shame about those mistakes and acknowledge them for what they are. They're not about your identity. They're just about your behavior and figure out how to learn from every mistake, not repeat them and just get better. I think if you can do that, uh, especially as a technologist, you're going to make a big, big difference and don't be attached to any one way of doing things. There's always multiple ways to get at an outcome, even if technology is involved. Great advice from Ron Glickman, Chief Information Officer at Trader Joe's. Thanks for joining us. Paul, thank you very much. It's my pleasure.